What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Running and Gunning Podcast with Justin Sinan and co-host Logan Sanburn. We are fired up today. Uh, as this airs, we are literally 12 hours from uh, deer season opening up here in Kentucky, and we are both ready to get after it. Um, how are you doing today, Logan? What's going on with you, man? Pretty good. Um, I actually just got back from the woods not too long ago, getting some last-minute scouting in. Um, yeah, I'm pumped. I, even though the forecast is rain all weekend, um, here in Kentucky, I think that it's still going to be a good time. Um, and it's still, it gives us time to, uh, kind of figure some stuff out. Cause I know both of us are still on the chase <laughs> yeah. to find, to find something to go after, but I know we For both sure. want to get, get up in a tree and, uh, kind of get things situated get things figured out it always takes out some ironing out at the beginning of the season getting back in the groove so i'm excited to go through that process yeah definitely man i couldn't agree more um i've actually been on the fence i think uh you know the wife's showing a lot of interest and uh, she's been shooting her bow really well so i'm kind of leaning towards taking her out maybe trying to get some uh, kentucky velvet on the ground um We've got some good bucks that have just been like, you know, a nice little bachelor group that's been showing up sometimes in the morning, sometimes in the evening. Um, and I'm pretty sure they're betting in this corn. So I might uh, might plan out like a nice strategic way to slip through the corn and uh, get on the downwind side and, and hopefully, you know, seal the deal on the first sit of the year. That would be pretty epic. Um, that would be awesome. Other than that, man, I just got back from Iowa. I wish you could have came out with me. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Next year, we'll get you out there. Um, man, it was it was epic, honestly. I don't even know how to put it into words. Um, so many good guys. It's so cool being able to meet all these guys that, uh, you know, we keep in touch with on social media. And it's like you almost feel like you know them. Like there were so many times I'd introduce myself and be like, oh, I'm Justin. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, we know who you are. And it's like, oh, well, cool. I'm not used to that. <laughs> but um yeah, but man it was just great feeling, right yeah it was definitely different it was definitely different but it but it was cool man walked away with some new new friends um met some great people um just everything was so cool just being at the you know the dequisto farm um getting able to see the lone wolf custom gear shop and everything just super super special experience um just Looking forward to uh, to this season. Looking forward to you know all the stuff we got going on right now. It's just like definitely put me in the swing of things, man. I'm I'm fired up. But for today's yeah, episode, around people like that, being that? around people like that, it'll, it'll definitely get that fire going in you. Oh sure. yeah, I mean, all we did <laughs> all weekend was just swap deer stories. I mean, I feel like I was tired of talking. Like you know you, you you get through like a big conversation with this guy or you know a couple of dudes and then you know you you go you drink a beer and then next thing you know like you're in a you're in a whole nother deep conversation and i mean i i couldn't even tell you how much stuff like knowledge i walked away with i think that was the coolest thing and it's just it's just great being around like-minded people you know i mean uh, obviously you and i love talking about hunting i mean that's why we started this podcast and it's just just so cool and not to mention we've also got some great guests that are going to join us here in the future so a lot of good things coming down the pipe um looking forward to all that but for today 
we are diving into our gear and uh, we are both gear nuts, as you will find out. Um, I'm going to start off with you, Logan. What let's let's just dive right into this. Yeah. I'm going to create a scenario like, all right, so we find like a new piece of public, right? Um, you've never walked in there. Well, maybe you've walked in there a couple of times, but you're you have an idea of where you want to set up, but you know, you're not sure how it's going to go. What is your go-to setup? What are you taking with you? So I, I have a brand new setup this year that is going to be, would be my go-to for that. Um, and the whole reason that I bought it is for that scenario. Cause I do like to hunt public. Um, and that's the majority of what I do. And I like exploring new areas and challenging myself. So this is the perfect uh, <laughs> real life scenario. So this year, what I'm going to be running is I'll just start from the ground up. Um, I'm, I'm running two double steps, Lone Wolf Custom Gear double steps. Um, they both have a, they're the 20 inch. They've got 20 inch aiders on them. And I haven't tested how high I can get um, yet with two sticks, but I'm honestly not too worried about it. I'm not one of those guys that's got to get super high up in a tree. Um, I'm going to figure out where I need to be and then figure out what tree I can get in. Um, you know, hunt, hunting a certain area and not trying to, to hunt. Going to be the, uh, the name of the game for me. And so yeah. at the top, top of those two sticks, I've got this year, I'm running the 0.5, uh, the Lone Wolf Custom Gear 0.5 stand. And I actually, I got that with the, I believe it's the 22 inch post. Is that the, the large nice. one? Yeah. So you got the, the little bit taller seat post on there. If you guys didn't yep. know, um, Lone Wolf Custom Gear is offering a longer post. So, for guys that have longer legs, like you get a little bit more leg room out of your stand and you don't have to, to quite sit so low down in it. And a lot of guys really like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I haven't sat in it yet in the tree. Um, I just kind of, I, th I thought we talked about this. I thought we talked yeah, about this, Logan. So, <laughs> so you haven't practiced out of your setup. What are we preaching here? Come on. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, <laughs> now I, I honestly, was going to go out tomorrow and and do it the day before yeah. season. Um, well, don't feel bad because I'm in the same boat, man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things that I think that it's I've got kind of got the pattern down. Um, the biggest thing for me is like the the whole system, um, and like I'm gonna sit down and visualize what like step by step from base of the tree to sitting ready you know ready to hunt um what everything like every little thing that i need to do and every little piece of gear that i need so um like i said i've got the two sticks i've got um the cam cam strap buckles for those and um i also obviously use that for the stand as well and right. For me this year, I have it set up so that when I get to the tree, I can take that off my back, 
um, that system. And I have the cam strap for the 0.5 holding the doubles to the stand. So I just pop that off, pull the doubles off. Each is wrapped around the double um, on either side. So all I have to do, so it's already on the Versa button. All I have to do is unhook that off the step, put it around the tree, back onto the Versa button, tighten it down, start climbing. Um, right. So you can, you can just, do it pretty quick with just having two sticks too. I mean, oh, I yeah. feel like you could, you could climb that tree in no time. Yeah. Um, that's the plan. And that's kind of what I wanted out of this, uh, setup. I mean, it's, I've, I know like I've spent way too long trying to just pulling stuff out of my backpack or, you know, trying to figure where to put that. And I, really wanted to be efficient and have like a quick like get to the spot and get up in a tree and ready to hunt instead of like standing around and like <laughs> yeah uh, trying to yeah. trying to figure out what i'm going to do next so right um once i like i've got that hung um i've got the 0.5 in on the tree i've got um the lone wolf custom gear camera arm then at the end of that, I'm going to have, I've got a Sony a7 III and I'm going to be running a 24 to 70 lens this year um, with that. And then I guess I'll, I, my bow counts, right? As gear. Um, yeah, I, I, that counts. I can, a, that's pretty important too, right? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a, a Hoyt RX one. Um, I won't get into all of the. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. We don't have to go with with crazy arrows into and it. I'm not going down that rabbit hole. Yeah, right. Um, let's let's not. But what broadheads are you running? <laughs> I think that's important. Let's just get down to that. Like, I am running the Iron Will solid 125s. Okay, and they're pretty awesome. Um, they their edge retention is crazy. Yeah, and they're just they're a strong like solid broadhead that I like. They are flying and hitting with my field points. Like it's I haven't had any yeah. issues with broadhead flight or anything like that. So I'm excited. Yeah. Um, I haven't killed anything with them. Um, so hopefully the first thing that I kill, I guess. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens this weekend, but if not, if nothing happens this weekend, then uh, hopefully the first thing that they put down is a bull out in Colorado. Cause I'm, I'm yeah, that would, that would be epic. Yep. Yeah. That would be freaking epic. I'll be rooting for you, man. I appreciate that's for that. sure. So yeah. What about you? What, what are you? Um, it depends for me on the situation. Um, I've got like, I've got a lot of setups. Like I said in the beginning of this, I'm kind of a nerd with uh, my setups. Um, I started off like with more of a saddle um, setup, like when I first, uh, you know, got uh, together with Lone Wolf. And I've been running the ambush uh, from them, the saddle platform for the past two seasons. Um, this winter I picked up a 0.5 because I wanted to try and transfer over. So my system was more packable. 
Um, I saw that that would be a really good thing. Picked that up, um, like pretty like I said, at the end of the season. Since then, uh, now I've picked up a fixed platform as well. Um, and I think that's going to be my go-to setup. Like, you know, for the scenario we created, um, I would probably take my fix uh, from Lone Wolf Custom Gear with the 14-inch doubles, and I have three of them. And I'm also pairing those doubles with uh, three 17-inch uh, cable waders. Uh, for me, like, I've messed with that setup, and I can I can get about, like, 16 to 17 feet with that. And – for me, it's just it's super packable. Um, I really like the way that the fix and the 14s mesh together. I, I feel like they were made for each other, honestly, if you look at them. Um, and we're, by the way, we're going to share pictures uh, on our Instagram. You guys can go and check that out. And me and Logan are in the process of trying to do like a little gear video. And we're either going to drop that on the page as a reel or um, maybe put it out on our YouTube so stay tuned for that. Um, but as far as uh, my whole gear setup, I've got the Wolfpack that I'm partnering with, uh, you know, the Fix and the 14s. Um, as far as my camera goes uh, for self-filming, I'm using a Canon G20. Uh, it's just like a handy cam, super small. Um, and I've found, you know, through my years of self-filming, I've got, this will be my six-year self-filming. When I started off, I had a bigger camera and it really kept me from filming. So for those of you guys out there listening that are, you know, newer to filming or just trying to get in, the game is completely different now versus what it was when I started. Um, a lot of people are using their phones, which I totally agree with. Um, I think our technology in our phones is, is epic. I mean, we're able to shoot 4K with our cell phone, which is great. Um, but for me, I, I kind of lean towards using the handy cam. I think it's easier. Um, I mentioned to you earlier today, Logan, like, I think you need to try to get one of the very zooms. Uh, that's a big thing in my opinion, because when, you know, the stuff goes down and you've got a deer that's coming towards you or, you know, like headed your way at a steady pace, like you need to have your bow in your left hand. If, if you're le if you're actually a right-handed shooter, your bow is going to be in your left hand and your camera arm, you know, with a fluid head should be in your right. And you just need one hand. Okay. So having one hand to do all this stuff that we're doing, like zoom in and out with the very zoom, you know, using your thumb and then pressing the record button is the number one. Um, you know, having all that and keeping it simple, uh, keeping it near you and, that way you can anticipate where, what this deer is going to do. Right. And it just makes things way less, way less movement. You know, you want to keep your minimum, your movement to a minimum when you're doing this kind of stuff. So for me, my experience, that's, that's really like the best uh, scenario I like to create is just be able to, to put my camera on the deer, have the record button set, zoom in and out if I need to per the situation draw my bow, uh, you know, take my hand off the camera, draw and, and shoot. And, um, I know I kind of got down a little rabbit hole there, but, um, as far as it goes, yeah. what's I, that? I was going to ask you something that I didn't mention. What release are you shooting? 
Uh, a Carter. I have a Carter just because, and I'm a total uh, release nerd. Also, <laughs> um, I am too. I, I like to. I like to think like I was having this conversation with uh, Tyler Tuttero, and uh, we we were talking about how like we nerd out on like one thing every year. Like last year, he said like he nerded out on his filming equipment, and it's like. You know, like we we both I know you and I both like nerd out on our equip or on our stands. It's like, okay, well, I'm gonna make this the perfect setup that I can and then move on to something else. Like I'm really gear oriented and I really like all my stuff to perform. So it's like second nature, you know what I mean? And for me, I, I shoot back tension with a thumb and I just find that those Carter releases are just the best, I think. Yeah. I mean, have you? How I, long have you been shooting yours? What do you What are you shooting? Um, I am currently shooting a knock to it. Okay. Um, which is, I guess, technically a Carter. Um, yeah. And then I also have the Silverback, which is also it's kind of the same thing, thing, isn't it? Yeah. So they're they're, they're really the, close. Yeah, the Silverback is a back tension, and then the knock to it is a thumb button. Um, okay that I try to use back tension to like whatever release, but sometimes that doesn't work out so well. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I hear you. it's tough. Target panic is a tough thing. Um, yeah. can kind of hit you out of, out of nowhere. I, I shot the, uh, a 3d shoot and I felt real good and all that kind of stuff. And then just the other day, like in the yard, it was just like, bam, it hit me and it's like, Oh, awesome. Only like five days left to the season. Um, <laughs> no, it's just, so. your, it's just your brain, man. Like, oh, yeah. uh, honestly, like, just don't like, now you're going to overthink it. But like I told you, like, I've heard a lot of really good indoor archers. Um, that really changed my game when I was younger. Uh, I really struggled with, uh, killing big, like actually sealing the deal on big deer i think uh, i had a knack when i was younger at getting on them but i couldn't shoot very well so i got into indoor archery and i learned so much in that like that one year with shooting just shooting paper man it's amazing like just and so many people in archery and bow hunting in general just want to you know want to elevate and help people just kind of like what we're trying to do with this it's you know, when you get into archery, a lot of these guys will pick you apart and be like, look, you know, you, you've been doing this your whole life, but like, you know, it's kind of good to get away. Like I got away from using a wrist strap because I was target panicking and I was punching the trigger. And in reality, like if you want to shoot back tension, the whole principle behind it is that you focus exactly on what you're trying to shoot. And then it just go, your bow goes off by itself. That's the whole principle of shooting what we're shooting, like using back tension and that kind of stuff. It alleviates the target panic. It's supposed to, because all you're supposed to do is just focus. But I know you shoot your bow way more than I do. So I would have to say it's probably just in your head and it's your nerves getting to you because yeah, seasons approaching and you know, you're just putting pressure on yourself that you don't need to like, I th- you're, you're a great shot. I know, I know that. So just I would uh shake I would it honestly I hunted with the back tension with the silverback for several years. Um and then the only reason that I switched to the knock to it is because 
it clips on to your D loop. So I right. can leave it on leave it on the string. The silverback is just a hook. So I would have to have that in my hand or in my pocket or you know, somewhere else. Um, and especially yeah. for filming, it's so much easier for it to just be oh, yeah. on, on the string and that way you can run the camera, grab it, and then draw yep. like trying to hook the D loop or any of that kind of stuff. So yep. that's that was one of the reasons why I switched over to that too. I love the fact I have a ADD pretty bad. So like I just, if I'm sitting in my tree and I have a a wrist strap on, I'll just fiddle with that thing. Like (laughs) so bad. And it's like, I know I'm like, this is not good. This is not good. So (laughs) having my release on my string just alleviates that. And, um, and I love it. Honestly, I like with the release that I got, it's got a hole in there. So I can slip my, uh, my pointer finger right into that and it locks in. I can make a great fist with it. And for me, like, you know, teach their in whatever you shoot comfortably, shoot it. Um, but I will say like, I do encourage all you guys, if you're a diehard bow hunter um, and you have some free time, uh, you know, especially if you're a younger guy listening, go shoot some paper, like go shoot some indoor archery in the off season and elevate your bow hunting. Like, cause it, it surely will like, I mean, just being around guys um, that are in the indoor shooting community, like most of them are really helpful and you're only going to benefit from it. But kind of got, got off nuts. topic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they those are guys, too, man. You those know, guys yeah. are too. Big time, big time. All of them guys, man. I mean, that's how I got a Carter release. Like my buddy was like, oh, well, here, shoot this thing. Like you can just take it with you, get it back to me for, in like a week or two. But, like, take this with you and shoot it. You'll love it. And, like, this guy had 10 releases, and it's like, oh, my God. But I think all all competitive archers, you know, right? I mean, they've all got tons of releases. Um, I didn't mention my bow. I'm shooting an Obsession um, Fixation 7M. And I'm kind of a – I really like having a 7-inch brace on my bow. Um, I really like drawing that really slow and smooth. And for me, the obsession has always been an awesome bow. I heard, uh, this is how out of the game I am, Logan. I (laughs) found out this weekend in Iowa that obsession closed down. I didn't even know that. I was like, really? Supposedly they closed for a couple of years. Um, news to me. Yeah. Shows how much (laughs) I'm into archery, but that's okay. You know, I'm, I'm one of the, I have that mentality now. Like I used to be a bow like whore where I went through all of them. But I found Obsession, I just really like their draw cycle. And for me, when I find something, if uh, it's working good and, and you know, I like it, then I just stick with it. And if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, I think good, I think that's good a good solid quote. We, we should have this, um, this whole thing with basically that I think like we are giving our setups, our gear, all that kind of stuff and everybody's going to be different everybody needs own system they need to find what they like what works for them like and where like whether it's you know um public property private property you know big woods or swamps or whatever like your systems are going to change like this whole thing for even for the both of us what we start the season with isn't going to be what we end the season with. Um, right. 
Like it's an ever evolving thing. We're always testing new products, seeing if we like this or seeing if we like that. And, you know, if we like it, it sticks. If we don't like it, we change it and do something else. And I think, um, like on that note, I, so I switched from, uh, for the last two years, I've been running a Lone Wolf Custom Gear 1.0 with two full length sticks with the 17 inch aiders, which I think the, the full length sticks are like, do you know what their actual length is? I want to um, say they're like 32 or 34 or something, but I, yeah. I don't hold me to it because I don't have one. And personally, uh, ever since I've been running custom gear, I've always had the doubles because I, I broke my foot. Um, and for me, I'm a, I'm big on, uh, having a double step. Um, whenever I have like issues hanging a stand, I really like having both feet planted. It's just, I've had my foot cramp up on me and it really sucks. Um, and then if you're having a hard time hanging a stand and that's bothering you, it just doesn't make it fun. So for me, i really, I really care for the doubles. Um, and it's just, you know, if you look at like a 17 inch double with a 20 inch aider, you know, you're getting a stick that's 37 inches, you know, so whatever. Yeah, um, so, I mean, I really that's... don't care like what, what length the stick is. It's like, how does it pack? Like if I know them full length sticks pack really well in the 1.0, like there's no doubt. Um, yeah, they, but, they do. but for me, for me running saddle and stuff, like I liked having the lower profile sticks um, on my backpack. It just, it fits a lot better. That was one of the reasons why I switched to the doubles, um, which, so the full length six, like I said, I, I'm not exactly sure what the, um, the height is, but basically I was only saving like, or only getting four more inches with a full length stick and the 17 inch aider than I am with a 20 inch double and a 20 inch aider. Um, so hey, four inches is a lot. I mean, you know, <laughs> ask her. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> So I, I think that like the, the, when I had the folds on my back on the stand, like they stuck up above my head and I, it was for me more about being able to maneuver through the woods without like catching yeah. on stuff. Yeah. I hate that, man. God, I hate that. So, which like, so I actually, I had, I had four full length sticks before like when i originally got a setup i had full four full sticks and a lot like <laughs> yeah it was... i was just getting ready to mention that um for a lot of our guys that are looking to get into this game or maybe you've been in it for a little bit and you're running four sticks like i mean i i know i was one of those guys when i started and man you want to talk about simplicity just cutting it down to three, like what you're doing, Logan, with two is a, is a game changer because, I mean, you're probably able to hang a stand way quicker. For me, I run three sticks because – and a lot of times I might only use two and just leave the extra one on the ground there. But um, for me, having three, like I usually set up three sticks typically. Um, I might space them out differently according to whatever the situation calls for. But uh, having – four sticks just really complicates it. it it might not seem like a lot but it really does because then you're talking about carrying three sticks up with you from the original one that you hang on the tree 
And that's a lot of stuff dangling around. It's a lot of stuff to deal with. Um, some guys put a stick on each of their sides, you know, if they're running two or, or three or running three sticks. Um, and for me, I, with having the doubles, like, you know, they're, they stick together. Great. I mean, it, even the, uh, the other sticks that you've been running, like, you know, the lower profile ones, they stick together really good too. But I think having just two, you take one off, you know, when you get to the top of your first stick, put that on, and then you've got one left. And then it's just, it's just a lot more systematic. I think um, it's a lot simpler for me. And like, maybe it's just my preference, you know, like you said earlier, everybody's got their own thing. Some guys that are out there with more open hardwoods are going to need four sticks. And, you know, what I'm saying is irrelevant. Um, but like, like you said, it's all situational, but from my experience, cut down to three, if you can, if you can get away with it, because I promise it'll be, make your life a lot easier. I think like a lot of people too, um, whether it's they don't know about them or that they aren't sure about them, but man, those cableators are like, seriously the the best they add so much height to how far you like so i mean this year is going to be a little bit different um since i ruptured my achilles so i have to be a little bit more careful um but like previously i was getting some serious height with just the two sticks and yeah i was doing some silly stuff to, (laughs) to be able to get up in the tree and whatnot but it like I could get to where I needed to get to. Um, and so this year, I mean, like I, so like I said, I had four full sticks with eighters. Talk about ridiculous. <laughs> so yeah, I sold that's, two, that's serious. I did you ever selling, actually set up all four of them? Like, like that? How high did you get? I don't think that I did. I think almost every time I left one on the ground. Yeah. Um, see, yeah. Yep. So I was going to say the same thing. I, I did that when I first got them and I had four and I was like, this is stupid. And when I switched up three, I was like, wow, like, why did, why would I ever bring four sticks? Like you really just don't, it's just, you just don't need it. Right. Yeah. I don't, and I don't think so. And at it, least you know, not then where you, we're at. No, it's especially in Kentucky here. It's just, I feel like I'm in really thick woods and there's really no point to get that high. And let's, let's break this down too. This is another major point shot angle um you know hunting low you have if you put yourself in a tree like let's create this like you know visual for our guests um you're up in a tree like 20 feet high and it deers at like 10 or 15 yards do you think that arrow is gonna you know you're gonna have to hit that deer up higher to make it exit low so your room for error is a lot higher when you're actually a little bit lower on the ground and a deer is close to you you're going to zip through both lungs. Like you're going to, your arrow has a lot less chance of hitting at an angle, you know, an extreme angle like that. And I can tell you, I've killed a lot of deer with a bow and arrow and being able to punch through both lungs is a major thing. I mean, your deer is going to go down a lot faster if you can get both lungs. Um, And I, I mean, that's just a fact. It is what it is. Yeah, but, I think that's like an overlooked part of hunting lower is just yeah. is the shot angles and, and being able to, I mean, it also like, if you think about it too, it, it 
almost increases your like target area, uh, the size of your target area. um, Right. Because you're, you're not having to be as precise with that shot. It's almost, you know, it's more like shooting your Glendale buck in the backyard than it is trying to, um, thread a needle. So yeah, I, that's something I hadn't necessarily thought of for, for that, but I think that that's a good, yeah, it's pretty, pretty relevant. I mean, and you, I mean, I've, I've heard Cody mention that tons of times too. I mean, a lot of guys, uh, you know, that are hunting low like this, their shots are just like way more on. You can, you can tuck back off of that shoulder and you don't have to worry about it because your arrow is punching through two lungs or it's just, it's going through way more mass of a deer and you put two holes in a deer, then you're in pretty good shape. Like there's a lot more blood that's going to go on the ground. Um, and that goes back also like talking about gear in this episode, I'm a firm believer in, uh, you know, fixed heads and that's probably opening up what, a whole, you were shooting. whole can of worms. I'm shooting the iron wheels this year for the first time ever. And I couldn't agree more. They fly. Awesome. I was shooting, I shot out to 40 the other night. Like I know that's not that far, um, but it was dead nuts. I mean, it was just like shooting a field point and <clears throat> dude, they're so sharp. I shot, I shot that one arrow, you know, cause I don't want to like dull any of them up, but I shot that one arrow probably like 10 times and it was still every bit as sharp as it was when I got it out. And I can't say that for many heads. Um, just even shooting them in the foam. Like I've, I've been a big fan of shooting the Exodus uh, from the QAD for a long yeah. time. And it's been a great head to me. I have nothing bad to say about it whatsoever. Uh, for me, I'm kind of like, you know, like we've said multiple times, kind of a gear nut. And I love testing new broadheads. That's like the one thing that I'm adamant about um, is actually being able to to try new stuff and seeing how it works. And last year, I'm just going to get into this just for a second. Um, uh-huh. I know we're going to have some guys out here uh, that are probably like the heavy arrow guys. And that's a huge argument. Um I shot a doe last year and I wanted to do a field test on this. Okay. I got some cutthroat 200 grain heads. My total arrow weight was just sub of 600 grains. Okay. Um, I've done a lot of studies, you know, even for years before, like it was super popular to shoot heavy arrows. I've, I've been into this. Well, it doesn't really make much sense. I shot this doe at 10 yards purposefully shot her in the shoulder because I wanted to see, I wanted to break down the deer and see what happens. You know, like I wanted, I wanted to get it on video. I got all this on video and she steps out at 10 yards, man. And I pile drive this deer straight in the shoulder and that arrow had lodged. It's a single bevel head. If you don't know, single bevel cut on contact lodged in her shoulder, no blood, no hair, no body, no nothing. Like there was nothing. She'd completely lived. I got pictures of her like a month or later, a month or so later. And my whole reason behind shooting like a heavy arrow was why should I care? Because all my shots are within 20 yards. Like here, since I've been in Kentucky, all the deer I've killed, um, you know, two bucks and like two or three does have all been sub 20 yards. So I don't care much about my arrow speed. Right. Like I'm like, well, if I ever do hit a deer shoulder, I want to make sure I'm shooting equipment 
that's going to break it down. And personally, I just don't like, I don't want to shoot a 700 grain arrow. It's just, I don't, I just don't really think that you need to do that for a whitetail. Um, right now, shooting that heavy is expensive. (laughs) Yeah. And it's expensive. And for me, like, I'm a numbers guy. Okay. Like, I've shot maybe close to like 100 deer with a bow. Like, and we're just talking numbers here. Um, most of my, kills have been with an arrow that's like 500 grains or less and to me like that's like the magic sweet spot all my arrows are usually pass throughs um just stay away from the shoulder i've heard all these guys say this i don't care where you're at in the country um stay off the freaking shoulder it's not like it's not meant to shoot with a bow um (laughs) there's guys out here that are going to say oh i've shot deer in the shoulder yeah i have too but I've also lost some of the best deer that I would have on my wall because I wanted to tuck up against that shoulder. And, you know, if you just tuck back and you hit that upper end of the lungs, your deer isn't going to go more than a hundred yards. I don't think if you're shooting a a quality head, um, but enough on that, I didn't want to go down a huge. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Shoot a cut on contact punch. Your arrow is going to go through a deer. Um, and stay off the shoulder and you're in good shape, man. I mean, it's that simple. Just slow it down, aim for the lower third of a deer and stay off of the shoulder and anticipate them to drop a little bit because that's generally what they're going to do. Yeah. Especially like when you're in that, that close. Yeah. And yeah, I try not to like, stop them. If I'm going to stop yeah. a deer and like met or whatever, then then I'm definitely going to be aiming at the lower third because they're totally going to duck. And I've had friends that lived here in Kentucky that told me that they've had deer duck their arrow completely at 20 when they aimed at center mass. So like, you know, it is a thing. I mean, I just focus on that lower third, stay off the shoulder and you'll be good to go. You'll be bringing home the back straps, baby. <laughs> that's uh, that's the whole point of the, this whole talk, right? Is that the- right? get to that point let's uh let's get into like what are you doing um to make your setup quiet uh i know we both use the uh stealth strip um or the uh silent touch tape from uh custom gear i really like that stuff even before i was with them um i used some of their stuff and i i favored it way ahead of the uh what's the other one the stealth strips that are the camo ones yeah yeah and they're good too don't get me wrong. Like, you know, whatever you can do to silent your setup, but the biggest key to the, uh, the silent touch tape is that it's rubberized and it does not hold water. Um, where the other felt style or the, you know, the, um, what do you want to call it? The, uh, the moth ones are like, well, uh, what's, what's the other like army style of it? The, uh, moleskin, is that what it's called? I think so. Yeah. I know like one of my buddies used to just all that's all he used was the moleskin. But if you get a chance, guys, like check it out because that shit is awesome. It is totally worth it. It sticks like to anything super tight and uh, it works really well. I, I'm a I'm a big fan. It's a lot of a lot of nice grip to it if you got it on your sticks or whatever you're using. Yeah. So, I mean, I use that on everything um, like I'll use a uh like a razor and cut stuff out and so that i can put it in certain spots um you know places like 
whenever, like if I get a fresh, like say set of sticks, I will go through what I need to do and put them together. Uh, like I would be putting them on the stand or something. And every spot that touches, like I'll put tape there. Um, that way I'm not like wasting a bunch of tape and taping and just taping the whole stick. Um, I'm trying to, you know, be a little bit, uh, I guess like careful with it. And so I'm not having to buy a, a bunch of rolls of it, but that's what I use mainly for. I've got it on my sticks. I've got it on the stand. Um, this new 0.5 that I got, I decided to do the paracord wrap on it. And so I've got uh, paracord around the front of the stand as well as the front of the uh, seat. Yep. And part of, part of the reason I did that is for silencing it. Um, but the other part is for like feel. So since the 0.5 is a lot smaller than the 1.0, I just wanted to be able to feel that edge a little bit better. Um, yeah. Without, That's smart. I've, I've always done that, man, with like all my stands. I, I've always been a fan of running the paracord so you can feel it when when stuff's going down. It's nice to be able to have a reference on the end of your stand. Yeah, you don't like it's such a pain in the butt to not know if you're over the edge, like have to look down to see if you're over the edge of, you know, the stand. So um, what else did you have? Um, I don't know if you guys have seen. Uh, our recent like story that we posted on Instagram, but Logan dropped a picture of his stand set up. And I also saw something you and I both picked up was the, um, what is it? The night eyes gear ties on our actual yeah. cables. Yeah. I, I, yep. I really like that. And that's actually, I think we both stole that from Cody, right? Yep. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> we'll, we'll, I, we'll just come out and say it. Like we, we totally yep. stole it from Cody. Um, but it's actually really for one, it's good. Um, it keeps like, I know I've noticed sometimes with rubber boots, if you rub the cables on there, they can squeak a little bit. So that's one thing. But the other thing is you can tuck, uh, you know, like tree limbs and extra cover if you need it into those, uh, into that like gear tie. Um, it's, I think it's a great little addition. I mean, it's also, if you ever need it for anything else, Hey, it's, it's right there on your stand. I mean, kind of helps keep the the flimsiness of the cables you know you can control them a little bit better if you really if you're really worried about like them hanging off your stand or whatever so they don't get caught on brush yeah i think like just have it having multiple purposes um like like you said it kind of protects that cable from rubbing up against your boots or other stuff and then and making noise but then yeah the reason one of the main reasons i did it is something that I haven't done in the past is basically like brush myself in, um, to help create more natural camouflage. And that's something that I'm going to start doing this year. So it's kind of a gear thing, but it's more of like, a um, you got to get the gear when you get to the woods. <laughs> right. No, nah, man, yeah. look, when I was, when I was, uh, doing a lot more suburban hunting when I was in Maryland, I used to actually, I would take, um, flag, you know, like the little holder, like a flag holder. I would take them and I would spray paint them brown. And in like some of my permanent sets, 
that I would have, they'd be in like a big oak tree, right? And I would be sticking out like a sore thumb. So I took a couple of them. Uh, I get them like real cheap from like Walmart where you could just buy them. It was like a couple bucks. Paint those things and then screw them into the tree. I'd just take a little drill with me and and then I could put tree limbs in there and I would get cedar limbs. And it breaks you up like crazy, man. Like you actually get some of them cedar limbs up there. You can get away with a lot more movement, especially in late season if you're hunting out of a stand. But that's part of why I gravitated towards a saddle uh, for hunting suburban was putting that tree between me and the deer was a big game changer. Um, Cause in suburban, I feel like a lot of those deer, they were so pressured. They would look for you up in the tree, you know, like they knew right away, like there's something up. Um, yeah. Especially and the older ones. Room. There's not much room for air when they're already looking for no. you. Yeah. It's, it's wild. I mean, and I think that's kind of really helped me like moving out here to Kentucky, being able to, to bring some of that to, some of my stand setups here, like I've, I've already like cut some uh, cedar limbs and I'll just bring some paracord with me and tie them up around the tree or whatever it is, but solid little, uh, little tip slash hack, uh, yeah. get some flagpole holders and paint them brown. So they're not all white or whatever, or shiny, however you get them. Um, that's that's going to be the, uh, the next low of custom gear item is they're going to have, <laughs> flagpole holders you can <laughs> mount to the side of your stand yeah so you, yeah you on a strap. some tree limbs in there yeah it's not a bad thing i mean honestly there's already somebody out there that's got something like that one of my buddies sent it to me uh i don't know what it is but um i know one thing that i just did recently with my sticks for silencing i didn't even tell you about this but uh i got some of the um the heat shrink tape. I was in Harbor Freight and they had some in there and I got it for my sticks. And I got to say, like, it is pretty badass. Um, definitely really helps. It? I put it right on the ends of the doubles and I also put it on the Versa button in the middle and it quieted my sticks down quite a bit. Um, I might've went a little bit over the top <laughs> putting it on the Versa button. Um, well, but other than I that, actually, so I did, I put the heat shrink on the standoffs. Um, okay. And yeah. Then, and I did that too. That's the, that's the other part I put them. Yeah. And, but I, I was trying to figure out cause I wanted to put it on the Versa button, but the, the heat shrink that I used for the standoffs wasn't big enough to get around the Versa button. So yeah. I was just like, yeah, whatever. So I'm kind of jealous that you found some that, <laughs> you can hey, do the Versa button. I'll hook you up, dude. I'll mail you out a package. Don't worry. All right. I got enough left over. Um, I thought about, but yeah, about it is pretty some, sweet. Yeah, I've thought about putting some on on the ends of the steps like that. Um, I just wasn't like I tape I taped them up, so I wasn't gonna overcommit. <laughs> yeah, I well, like last year I had the seventeen inch doubles, and I just used electric tape. Um, Another, it's another great thing. I mean, guys, like you don't have to go full nuts with all this stuff. Like, do what you have. Like, but if you're in a hardware store and you come across some heat shrink, it's also a pretty good way to silence stuff. And it doesn't stink, and it's not going to hold moisture. And it's like, you know, it's just something. It it took me maybe ten minutes to do that with all my sticks. Um, and I just used a torch and heated it up, and I'm good to go. And I feel like these sticks are silent as crap. Like I've tried to make noise with them 
and you could if you really wanted to but in an actual hunting scenario like man these things are dead quiet like so i'm together (laughs) yeah i'm totally pumped to to get this set up out in the woods um i feel like my whole like the fix i really i helped uh help get that a lot more quiet like and just they re- i really didn't have to do that much to it but i noticed um i did a little you know practice set up the other day and i noticed it was a little bit clanky just because of where i was putting it on my saddle and where i had my sticks at and then i was like all right well maybe i need to improve a little bit on that um so i did it's like you know that's what we talk about with this is like getting your stuff out in the woods or before season comes in. So you can make these tweaks instead of having it cost you a deer. You know what I mean? Like that's the whole thing with this equipment, like get your stuff, get it ready. And you know, that way we're doing all this work to find like the deer we want to go after. The last thing you want to do is go through all this stuff. And then you have like your stick go ping or whatever the noise it might make. And it costs you, you know, the deer of a lifetime or the, the deer that you've spent the whole season going after. It's like this little stuff is really what it makes. Like they say, like ounces add up to pounds. Well, you know, you silence in your equipment is extremely important. If, if not one of the most important things I could tell you to do, like with whatever setup you're running, make sure you go out and purposely try to make noise because it's, you know, it's one of those things that, in my opinion, you need to take care of. Um, I did, I was kind of lackadaisical about it when I was younger and it's cost me deer for sure. Yeah. I mean, you're like deer just know that sound, that metal team. Um, they get used to it. And like, I mean, we all know the guys that go out on public land or, you know, even private land that have those big clanky metal ladder stands that when you climb up them, they creak and they rub together and, um, you know, are making those noises and the deer recognize that and they know that that what that means and so they're just right. going to avoid going where you are right and you probably won't even know i mean like i would love to know how many times i've scared a good buck out of the woods and never even known about it i guarantee you it's a it's a lot more than we account for right but um do you uh do you want I mean, to jump into some of these questions that yeah let's do that man that go ahead ask? what do you got you had a couple of people message you uh i had a i had a, a guy message me about the silencing and stuff and i feel like we covered that pretty well so yeah um i think i think we did there was i was trying to think of something else that uh that i used to silence uh the uh since I use buckles, so you use uh, daisy chains, right? Yeah, yeah, and I forgot to touch on that. I am a big fan of the daisy chains. Um, I know a lot of guys aren't, um, but for me personally, I feel like it speeds my process up. It it cuts down on the weight, but I personally, I don't care about the the weight that I'm reducing on that. It's that's not why I use daisy chains. Um, for me, it's just a lot faster and, you know, it's one of those things that it packs a lot better. I think I, I just don't care for the way that they pack. I, I've never really found a good, there, there is good ways to pack them. Don't get me wrong. It's just, it's a preference thing. Just like we've been getting into, it's like, what do you like? What don't you like? 
Yeah. Um, I, some I ran some guys say they they kick out. I'm let me just cover this real quick because I know oh, this is the, the biggest argument. Chains. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest argument about the daisy chains, a lot of guys say you can't get them tight enough. Um, and a lot of guys when I was at the uh at the show in Iowa at the road show, they touched up on um there's a new thing that has come out that I don't even know about. It's a uh, it's some kind of um uh, like a hitch. It's almost trucker like hitch. a it's like a trucker hitch, but and I feel stupid just saying it right now, but it's from some uh USA designers or something like that. I'm gonna look it up, man. I'll I'll have to show you it, but a lot of guys were talking really highly of it and pretty much you can cinch your daisy chain tight just like you would a camp strap and it doesn't come loose. It's a lot easier to be on and off and you can get it tighter. So okay. I'm going to look into that soon and see what that's about. Yeah. We'll have to talk about that uh, another time when you get that figured out, let everybody know. But yeah, you were saying about your cam straps, like that's just what yeah. your preference is. I mean, so I run with, I run the buckles. Um, and that's what I started out with. I went to buckle uh, for maybe about a year and it was, it's again, it's all about efficiency. I went back to buckles because it was just so much easier to hook on the Versa button and then just cinch it down and move on. Um, I felt like with the buckle I was just always trying to, to fiddle with it. It takes a minute to tie that knot, um, and wrap, wrap the strap around the stick. And then it's like, if you didn't get it tight enough, then you're going to have to like rewrap it. And it was just, it, it was more of a pain than it was, um, saving the couple ounces, you know, to not have a buckle. And I was just like, I, I can carry, you know, especially now only running two sticks, like, yeah, I can carry, no, I I can carry two buckles. <laughs> I think if I was running two sticks, I would probably go back to the buckles and then I would just put them on each end of the stick so they don't like clink to each other. But that was probably my biggest reason I got away from them um, is that I used to make noise with them. And I was like, well, if I can get away with this, then I will. You know what I mean? And I like the way that I packed. I, I just that was my biggest uh, you know, thing about the daisy chains is. I can throw them right around my stick and then I've got a little elastic band on the end and my daisy chains stay with the stick and they're, that's it. You know, when I take them down, I wrap them back up the same exact way. And it's just a system for me that I like and I've stuck with and I haven't had any bad experiences yet with it. So I'm, I'm rolling with the punches. I mean, I feel like it, it's just easy on easy off and you know, it's just my, my preference. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's all there is to it. It's just finding what you like. And so for me, that's going to, that's the cam buckles. And I, I've put, uh, some of my buckles have just like normal hockey tape on them mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, I got off of Amazon or whatever. And then some of them have the, uh, Slayer tape, the little custom yeah. Slayer tape. And so, I mean, they're all as silent as they can be. I mean, I can, you know, swing them up and smack them against my stand or sticks or whatever. And it's right. not going to make any noise. So, um, sorry to go off on that, but that was something no. I hadn't touched on. So no, you're one good. Of the, uh, the first questions that I had was about kind of prioritizing equipment or gear. So if you're going to, uh, 
buy something or get, if you're getting into hunting, like what would you invest your money in first or the, the most amount of money in, um, whether that be optics, a stand, um, clothes, like what are you going to, uh, spend your money on basically? I would say the most important thing is to get uh, a decent stand uh, that's quiet and adjustable. Um, I think like your gear is probably one of your most important things, second to the bow. Um, having a quality bow that you can shoot, like I'm not saying go out and buy a brand new bow. Uh, I'm not a I'm not a fan of like you know buying brand new bows every year. I just, I know some guys are into that and like, you know, that's great. But for me, um, spending your money on quality gear that is quiet and it, and it's something that's going to last you, you got to look at it as an investment, right? Like what's your return on investment for spending money on a good stand? Um, you're going to have it for a long time. Um, if you want to upgrade, you're still going to be able to sell it for relatively close to what you paid for it. Um, and I mean, like I look at a lot of the gear that we have, dude, like, I think I'm going to have it for the rest of my life. So, you know, whatever it costs me now, it's like, like I've gotten on, on other podcasts, like how much money did you spend on corn last year? Oh, well, my setup didn't cost me that much. It's going to last me my whole <laughs> life. So, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I that would be, that would be my thing. I mean, what do you think? What's your, what's your answer to that? Um, I think like, I know that we had talked about weights and possibly discussing weights and stuff on, on this podcast. And I honestly don't think that it's that important. Um, because most of us can carry the stuff that we need to carry, but right. like when it comes down to, getting up in a tree like i mean when you're getting into hunting like you don't even have to climb a tree really right like you can hunt no. the ground and whatever but if you're wanting to get into the run and gun style the mobile style of hunting like you're absolutely right it has to be your method of getting up in a tree um like yeah and there's there's it, it's like what what money do you have to spend there's so many options out there now like I know we're we're partnered with Lone Wolf Custom Gear, but for us, I mean, like I know when we go to these road shows, like XOP is a great brand for guys that might not have the money, you know, that are just getting into this kind of hunting and it's quality gear. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, you know. It's like you you spend your money where you can and in the best way you can. And for me, I feel like, you know, whatever you can afford at the time, like that's what you should get, you know, and XOP is quality equipment. Um, they, they make great stuff, you know, and a lot of their stuff is really similar to ours, but it's a little bit heavier. And if, if you don't have the money to, to spend on really high quality equipment, you know, you gotta, it's a give and take thing. You know, there's, <clears throat> there's going to be a little bit more weight to it, but Hey, the important thing when you're getting into this stuff is adjustability. You need to have a stand that you can adjust the platform on. Um, Cause some of your trees are going to be leaning one way or another. Uh, you know, two is efficiency. How efficient, like how quiet is your equipment? And you know, you don't want to be making a bunch of noise. You don't want to have your stuff creaking. 
I, I know I've purchased cheaper sticks from uh, API. Like they have the, they have some double step sticks and I was like, Oh, these will be great. Dude. I scared every deer out of the woods climbing <laughs> those things one morning. Like the they're creak hollow. of there. I don't know what it was, Logan. I climbed this tree and it was like, yeah! like this thing <laughs> let out this noise. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I'm like, you know, five feet off the ground and like just ascending this tree. And it's like, there's no like return, you know, you just send it and you go up in your stand, but like, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. You get what you pay for. You know what I mean? That's a quality statement. Like I've heard that my whole life. It's like, you know, whatever. It's, it's also your safety. Like, yes. Yes. Having a quality it. stand and sticks is about your safety. I mean, you're climbing, you know, from the ground up to whatever, you know, 20, 30, 40, however high you get. <laughs> um, yeah, good Lord. You know, you're right. Yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, that's another thing we didn't. And... Go ahead. Yeah. I said, that's another thing we didn't really touch on. Uh, I, I encourage all you guys to wear harnesses, whether you're, if you're saddle hunting, use your lineman's rope. If you're actually, using if you're using a stand then try to use a lineman's rope i know i know you don't logan you know i know you don't like using your lineman's rope but personally for me like i mean my most important thing is returning to my family at the end of the day and if you're going to hunt like this you're going to be hunting areas that are different a lot of times and nobody's going to know exactly where you're at so you know like you said putting the money in a quality rig that is not going to break on you uh, is is really important but you know, take the extra safety precautions, wear a harness, wear a saddle, whatever's safe. Make sure your ropes are good. Just wanted to touch on that. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No worries. Um, what I was going to say is I think like that's priority number one um, is your setup, the, you know, your method of getting in a tree, whether it's stand sticks, a saddle platform, um, whatever it is. And then kind of after that, I feel like it's it's just kind of dealer's choice. Like uh, the, the person that asked the question has like optics and clothing and stuff like that. And I don't think that those are even up there with that, with as far as priority. Um, no, I, mean, I don't, I don't it, think so either. Yeah. You don't need, you don't need glass in the woods. Um, at least if you're doing this style of hunting, most of the time, you're not going to be able to see far enough that you need glass. Um, and, you know, situations are different. And if you're maybe hunting more farmland and stuff like that, like it could be important, but yeah. again, like that's dependent and it's, it's just going to be a lower priority. Um, and then like, as far as clothing goes, like you can hunt in whatever you've got. Um, having camo and stuff is not important. Like obviously being warm is important for you to be able to stay out there and want to be out there and stuff like that. Once the temperatures start to drop or cool, you know, when it's 95 degrees, like it is now. Um, right. <laughs> and trying bringing, to get in the woods. Right. Bringing layers with you is, is super important. But yeah. It doesn't have I, I mean, to be anything I would say, special. Yeah. That, I mean, number two would be like a quality, a quality bow setup with a, you know, decent arrow on the end of it. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's really when it gets, when you get down to hunting like this, like 
it's way more close quarters hunting. Um, most of your shots are going to be between 20 and 25 yards or less, you know? So that being said, other, um, go ahead. One of the other things that I didn't think about was like a range. Fund. Um, as far as yeah. kind of like, it's kind of like glass or optics, but I mean, from like most people, most shots, like again, what you just said, 20 to 25 yards max, like, that's not going to be, you don't need a rangefinder for that. Um, and if you need one, like I've ran, I bought, um, I think the brand's Halo. It was like the Halo 65, I think is the, the brand. Right. Model. What's that like um, a wild game innovations? I don't know. I honestly have no idea, but it was I'm only like, sure. six, it was only like 60 bucks on Amazon. And I bought it like, probably seven or no not seven um five years ago maybe like i've had it for a long time and it works awesome like it's fine um it has angle compensation and stuff like that and like it's a little bit bulky um just the body of it is you know kind of big but like it does the job and it wasn't you know expensive and it's not any like high quality it's not vortex it's not um sig or steiner or any of those like so again like you don't have to spend your money on that kind of stuff no. um i would encourage like all of our guests though like you know spend your money wisely like don't be afraid to spend quality money on stuff because like i said you're gonna get your money out of what you pay for like you know it look at things as an investment and you'll be a lot happier with what you get you don't you don't need to buy all your stuff in the first year you're getting into this. And I know like for some of our like newer guys that are getting into this, it's overwhelming. Cause you're like, damn, like I've got like this, that you, the other that's, you know, and we're just talking about setups and it's like, but, but at the end of the day, in my opinion, your hunt setup, like your stand and sticks are, are the gear that you're going to take with you hunting every time you go hunting. Are you going to take a vest and a Sika gear outfit for like cold weather every time you go? No, you're not. Um, is that stuff important? And if you're in the right conditions and you're trying to stay in the woods, yes, it is. But it's situational. You're going to take your stand every time you go in the woods. You know what I'm saying? So maybe yeah. not every single time, but generally, if you're going to go hunt the woods, or you're going to go hunt public land, you're not going to do it in a ground blind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so and that's think, where, I, that's why I say like, it's, it's money that's well spent, you know? I think that it's, I mean, I totally just lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, good. oh, like, so for me, it's taken probably, I mean, close to four or five years for me to kind of accumulate my stuff um that i have now like obviously i just bought another stand and sticks and whatever but like i've gotten to the point where i have like the things that i need across the spectrum of gear um but it's taken me years to get there and it's like what you said earlier or um what you had mentioned is like you obsess on something for 
like a specific year. So like one year, like you just nerd out on broadheads and then another year you nerd out on your sticks and then another year you nerd out on whatever your camera and like different stuff like that. And if you're then you get to your year five or six and you're like, damn, like I've got all this stuff I really need. And yeah, I mean, we say that and then we still end up buying more shit, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But that's just the nature of it. Guilty. Yeah. Don't tell my wife what I spend on hunting gear. Let's keep that between us. (laughs) (laughs) I will. And if you man. Okay. Deal. I'll shake on that. Well, dude, we're, uh, past an hour on this one. Um, is there anything yeah. else you want to touch on? I mean, I feel like this is one of those episodes we could probably legit stretch out for two or three hours, you and I, and probably not have an issue. Um, uh, yeah. But if for our listeners' ears, I figure we'll cut this one down a little bit. Um, is there anything else? Did we have any more questions or what? Um, the other question that I had was about the importance of quality gear versus cheap gear, and I think that we, we touched yeah, on well, that. Heck yeah. <laughs> We're natural. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome, man. Well, we're looking forward to next episode. Uh, Me and Logan are really going to try and get our stuff together. And we're going to try and get a guest on here for the next episode. Um, I know season's opening up. We're fired up. Hopefully uh, we'll let you know how everything's going next time we talk. And as far as me and Logan, I think we're both going to try and do a little video and share it on our Instagram of our setups. Nothing crazy. Just try to keep it down to like a minute or so. Um, but stay tuned for that. Let us know what you think. Um, if there's anything we didn't cover, we'll try and cover it in the next episode. Um, but really appreciate all you guys, all the support. We had a, a couple guys reaching out, you know, giving us giving us a thumbs up on this stuff and we can't thank you all enough. Um, it's been a journey and definitely, uh, definitely getting better and better at this. So stay tuned. We really appreciate all your support. Um, but that's it for me. I mean, are are we, uh, good to go, Logan? Yeah. I just wanted to say good luck to everybody that's, uh, got seasons opening up and hopefully you get something on the ground. Heck yeah. All right, guys. Hope you all enjoy your day and uh, good luck if you are hunting Kentucky. Thanks again for joining us today, guys. We really appreciate all the support. If you get a chance, head on over to LoneWolfCustomGear.com and check out all the products that we were referring to today. It's stuff we truly believe in and support. The products are second to none, in my opinion, and you will never be disappointed with what you get from them. We're going to end today's segment with a quote from Jim Rohn. He says, If it's easy, do it easy. If it's hard, do it hard. Just get it done. Couldn't agree more with what he's saying there. It's absolutely true, and it holds true a lot of times with what we're doing in the Whitetail Woods. Good luck to all you guys again out there that are getting after it and your seasons are starting. And we look forward to having you join in with us next time. Take care.